Hello there, and welcome back to The Yearcast. My name is Erica. I'm Chris. And we love to assist young adults, that's what YAM stands for, Young Adult Ministry, in life. Assisting them in life. And we use the foundation of the Bible to help us do that. This episode today is going to be our monthly five, so we're actually not really going to be doing a lot of the Bible stuff. But still... We're going to be still directing you. There will be no help provided no. for young adults today. <laughs> None at all. No, I'm kidding. But if you, uh, you know, hey, if you like what we're recommending today and you want to hear about it, you could either reach out to us on the social medias, all of them. All of them. Actually, it's just more Instagram and Facebook. That's the Yamcast. Or go to yamcastpod at gmail.com. I actually had an email from someone last month that just oh, said... Okay. Yeah, you should do audiobooks, to which I said, I'll get to it eventually. Yeah. And I probably meant like 2030, but 20. I'll, I'll check it out way before that. So, Alrighty, I am excited about your list this month. Yeah? I had, I had a chance to peruse these things early this morning when I was working on this as well. And there's a certain pattern going on with your mm-hmm. your things. It's true. All of the things. It's true. And it really ties into something that we brought up in the last episode. So, what are you yeah. eating? What am I? It's almost sounded like you said, "What am I eating?" And I was like, "Lots of things too." That actually goes with the two. No, we what should, am I? We should add that. At some what point. am I eating? What are you eating? Uh, lots Chinese food. Lots of things. Um, so I am reading a book. Makes sense, right? It's usually a good thing to read. It's called "The Doula's Guide to Empowering Your Birth" mm. by Lindsay Bliss. So if you had any question as to what my monthly five is going to revolve around, <laughs> it's going to revolve around birth. Um, I saw somebody else post about this this uh, this book, and so I was like, ooh, that sounds really interesting. Mm-hmm. I'm doing a all-natural, unmedicated, home-ish birth. It's not going to be in my home, but it'll be in somebody sure. else's home, which sounds weird, but in Illinois, you can't really do it. So... Look it up. You can do what you need to do for that. I'm not going to go into that, but um, she's not breaking the law. She's just crossing nope, I'm the just border going to, Wisconsin. to a place that allows it. Yeah. So, um, so it just really, yeah, walks you through a ton of things. I already knew some of them, but it is just, yeah. It you sh- don't go in blindly. Right. You you have lots of information as to right. what it takes to give and to have a good birth. So. Um, you don't, yeah. So I have been reading it and enjoying it and learning, learning a ton. We'll see if I apply it, but. What is, I'm asking that this is not prepared, but what is one huge takeaway that you would not have expected that's coming your way that you're going, man, that's a really good thought that I had not considered before that this book is laying on your heart in that regard. Um, so a lot of it has to do with like just getting out of your body's way. Okay. And your body knows what it needs to do. That's good advice. And so, yeah, breathing through it and relaxing rather than, because I think we watch a lot of birthing things, whatever, in any capacity. And they're always super, they're they're tense and they're like, 
they're not relaxed. Right. And this has basically been like, you just need to relax. Sure. And breathe. And I mean, we, we know the breathing, the, you know, yeah, the breathing. Thanks. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just let your body do yeah. what it needs to do and it will let you know what you need to do. Which so, is cool. Yeah. That our bodies were made to do what they do. Yeah. I was at my midwife appointment last night and she was saying that in the seventies, they actually sometimes used to just knock women out because they just couldn't handle. Come in here. Come in here. <clears throat> I mean, not with that, but oh, with, okay. you know, some sort of medicine. I don't remember oh, what it was. Oh, medicated knockout. Yeah, medicated knockout. And the body would still dilate. The body would still That's give really birth. Cool. And, yeah. So, our bodies know what they've got to do. So, just very interesting. That is, that's really good advice. I mean, we'll see if I am able to stay relaxed. I know that my midwife is like, we will, you're going to want to hit us, but we will tell you, stay relaxed, stay relaxed. Like, we'll keep telling you if you tense up. And so, anyway. I'll be curious to hear from Aaron what, what his perception of, of you going through childbirth will be. And <laughs> you are you are super tough. This is a chance for me to sort of build you up. And mm, okay. You are really tough. So I part of me thinks you're going to be like, that's it? <laughs> <laughs> There's the other part of me that has watched you be hungry. <laughs> yeah. And that is terrifying. So the other part of me is like, this could go really, really, really. <laughs> I could badly. turn into. It could be legit. Quite an animal. So either way, it's going to be worth hearing Aaron's yeah. perception. But I, I will be intrigued to hear it as well because <laughs> I wonder if you'll even remember what you did. So, because I run through things with Heidi about what she did, and and she's like, I don't even. She remember. doesn't remember half of it. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, she just, yeah, and she's always said she would give birth. All the time. It's the carrying the baby part yeah. for her that doesn't work right. She had a, so she had a rough pregnancy. Yeah. So what are you reading? Uh I am reading a book called Doula's Guide to <laughs> you know, I'm, just, I'm just kidding. I was like, Yeah, yours would be not. very different than mine. I'm not. But I will say, you, you know, this is a long time ago, but if if you are a young adult and you are you might be starting a family, you might also have hit a rough patch and or made a mistake that you wished you hadn't at this point, and you're kind of going, what am I going to do? These are This is still really, really good advice, and we love you, and we're excited for you to go through whatever experience you're going mm -hmm. through. You know, um, God has redeemed some amazing stories over the years, and so there's no end to that. But what I was also going to say is uh, when I was about to have our, you know, when my wife was going to have our first baby, Becoming a Dad was the most impactful book for me uh, so it, it just kicked me. It's called Becoming a Dad. It's called Becoming a Dad. It's phenomenal. And, uh, I actually have a copy for you to take okay. home to your husband. Okay. That'd uh, be great. But there's this one chapter that just says, you're going to mess up your kid. So now that we have that out of the way, let's talk about how to avoid it. And right. I, it was so helpful. So, uh, it's phenomenal. It's a good book. I like it a lot. So if you're, if you are a young man who maybe has found himself either, you know, Maybe you just got married as a young young adult and you're going, I don't know if I'm ready for this. Becoming a dad would be great. If you are a young man who has maybe contributed to someone else's situation that everybody's kind of freaking out what to do, becoming a dad is a good one mm -hmm. to sort of make things right. So, uh, But no, sarcastically, I'm reading the Bible. Now, 
I love you say sarcastic. Well, I, I say that sarcastically because I we never say that on <laughs> the reading. You know, it's true. But we are both reading God's yeah. word consistently, and I I was really convicted by that this morning when I was getting ready to type other stuff in. So I typed a bunch of other things, and then I went back and just typed the Bible. In it's the front. really true though, because we don't ever talk about and it. And it's not that we even need to talk, because I think it's assumed because we're spending time working through books and stuff. So we're clearly doing Bible reading. Mm-hmm. But I just I spend a little bit of time every single day just walking in God's word, thinking about things. I usually read until I get convicted and then I stop and ponder that verse or two or something. So read the Bible. All right. What I'm reading outside of the Bible is uh, a book called Evangelical Theology by Michael Bird. I think I talked a little bit about this on another podcast. If not, it was, you know, it's there, but um, he has worded a theology book, a systematic theology, starting with the gospel as the, the, the starting point. Mm-hmm. And that sounds really normal. Like, why didn't more people do this? And I don't know why more people didn't do it, but it's just brilliant. And so I'm, I'm working through it. It's a, it's a slog. It's a, it's a theology book. So it's a little more heavy duty, uh-huh. but it's good. I'm liking it a lot. And then, uh, I'm reading a commentary on Exodus, uh, that I'm just really, really liking too. Uh, I've got a bunch of commentaries on Exodus in my phone. Cause we're, we're going to head to that as a church in January. Okay. Spoiler. If you're a Park Hills person listening to this podcast, but uh, yeah, this this commentary is a little bit newer and does a great job of sort of explaining uh, some of the neat things that people are finding. Because I don't know if you know this, but there's a ton of digs happening in Egypt, mm, okay, and they're finding new stuff all the time. And so some of the commentaries that we have are so dated, mm-hmm. not in a bad way. They're still giving great information, but they're maybe not as up on the times. Yeah. And so D, uh, sorry, T. Desmond Alexander wrote a book for the uh, University Press, a policy series. Just loving it. So uh, I will you know, make that available for people later on in the show notes if need be. But yeah, liking it. It's good. It's solid. So that's what I'm reading. Sounds good. What then are you watching? So nerd alert, uh, tons of Marvel stuff. My kids and I are just loving all the random Marvel things that are coming out. I mean, out. it's it's like exploding. It, well, it's kind of like COVID happened and they had to push everything back and now they're just going, hey, Black Widow, hey, Shang-Chi, mm-hmm. Shang-Chi. So uh, Shang-Chi, no, I'm just kidding. Shang-Chi and the-, the I say it wrong every time, so. So we all do. He says it's so cool and I'm, a, I know. I'm not Chinese, so there's no way I can do it. But that movie is honestly gave me a ton of hope for the rest of Phase 4. It was just very- very good. Unbelievably entertaining. Really well Like, even if you don't paced. like Marvel, you don't like superhero stuff, because it really doesn't... I mean, there's a little bit that comes in at the sure. end, but, like... Yeah. It could it can stand alone, too. It does you know? stand alone, and it really introduces the concept so that he can... Shang-Chi can move into multiple other movies and possibilities, mm-hmm. so... Which I thought he was phenomenal. Great. He did so great. It was great. I love that I saw later that he had tweeted yeah. years ago, like, yeah. hey, we should make this happen. And, like, here he is. Yeah. Like, he, so crazy. He was like, what's up, Marvel? How about a Chinese, you uh-huh. know, how about an Asian American, or how about an Asian uh, superhero? And he's like, we're going to make this happen. And then they did. And he did. And, and he, he did. Killed it. Yeah. He did so good. And Aquafina, I'm sorry. She's she great. cracks me up. Anyone who changes everything. their name to Aquafina and you're somewhat awkward, like Aquafina is, yeah. uh, so great. Yeah. She just has weird everything. The and way like, that. The way that she walks, the way that she carries herself, the way and you that can she, like tell it's her totally. She's totally expressive with her face and just really interesting ways. Yeah, she's because even watch. when she was in, 
Oh, what was the movie? Yeah, the uh, where crazy, she's the, crazy rich Asians. Well, that. Okay. But where she's the she's the dragon thing. I don't know if I saw that one. You have you have Raya. <gasps> That's her. Yeah, she's the dragon. That actually makes a ton of sense. And I it, never like, actually looked at the cast list. I just saw Ra- and Raya. But even. Raya. When she is the dragon, you're like, that still looks like Aquafina. You know what I mean? Like, how she does her stuff. Anyways, yeah, she's she, just so great. she floats in the air and flies around. She's just... No, no I'm just but kidding. like her... Yeah, she's She just, was so great. And every time there's a bamboo trick with her in the beginning of the movie, every time I've seen... And I've seen it three times. Oh, gosh. Every time it happens, I feel a flutter in my stomach. Well, don't judge me. It's okay. I have the movie pass you thing. You do. I get it's three true. movies I'm, a week. I think I'm just jealous. Let's Second... I went with one daughter because the other one was at a birthday party. The oh, other one wanted to go the next day. And then I took our so you're sound. you're like, oh, man, I got to go again. Then I went oh, with man. our sound engineer recently, and mm. we enjoyed it. It was good. I wanted him to see it, and he hadn't seen it yet, and so I talked him into it. So that's one. I'm also watching What If, which is it's an animated series of Marvel. So they're, they're painting pictures. So like the last one that just came out last week was uh, What If Killmonger Had Saved Tony Stark in Afghanistan? instead of letting Tony Stark become Iron Man. Hmm. They're just like comic book nerddom. It's fun, weird, great. Right up your alley. <laughs> I mean... Like I said, nerd alert. You know? And then uh, well, your episode here is very nerd alert as well, but I'll <laughs> give you a chance to explain it. And then the last one is, uh, how much do you know about the SpaceX flight that just happened? So is that is that what's-his-face, Elon? And, Elon Musk, yeah. And- Jeff Bezos? Did no, he do no, no, no. With they're it? all different. Okay, okay. So Jeff so Bezos is. I feel like I just don't. I'm like, Bezos, I feel like they're all going into space, and Jeff, I don't understand. Jeff Bezos. I don't really know. <laughs> uh, he's Blue Origin, I believe. Then Virgin is Richard Branson, the guy that started Virgin Records. Okay. So Virgin is sending people to space, trying to. Blue Origin is Jeff Bezos trying to send people to space. SpaceX is Elon, Elon Musk, Musk trying to okay. send people to space. But what Elon Musk's SpaceX did last week. So at the recording of this, you know, this will start to time out when we're recording this. But they sent up the very first all-civilian crew. And they How are they s- going to know what they're doing? They picked a billionaire pilot who is not an actual... He just he basically paid for flight school on his own. And he... So he was a pilot. They, they picked a lady whose dad was an engineer with one of the NASA things way back in the day... He was on Guam when when uh, Apollo 11 touched on on the moon mm-hmm. kind of deal. She was, you know, on the thing. There was a dad who won a contest by giving money to St. Jude's, and so he got on there. And there was a lady who was uh, a St. Jude survivor who had okay. a, a bone cancer as a kid. They removed her, I believe, her kneecap, and she has an partially she has a prosthetic leg in some regard. Mm, okay. And they trained this crew for six months and then sent them up so in a rocket them. Okay. for three days. And then they just, they touched down a couple of days ago. And my whole family was, so in they the landed. It was, I wasn't paying attention. To this, I know, obviously. but, it, but okay. So, but with that, you would love this. They made a documentary on Netflix about this whole thing. Okay. And it's a little over the top because it's a little bit annoying. They're trying to push things that shouldn't necessarily be pushed in my yeah. opinion. But, they're going to do the final episode, I think, next week, end of September. And that final episode is going to do the whole the whole rotations around the Earth kind of thing and the, the landing and all that. So it is so good. Uh, so you as a space person, his goal, Elon Musk's goal, is to, bec- is to push us to become an interplanetary species. 
So his goal is to build a colony on Mars. Okay, so, so Mars what, would be the place So what this was was it. the first attempt to show people that astronauts don't need to be astronauts. So we, where did they go? Just went up? They left did a Cape, little bit and they, they left came Cape back down? Canaveral. They went about 100 kilometers outside of where the International Space Station is, and they rotated okay. around the Earth enough times, I don't know how many rotations that would be, for three days, and then they touched down okay. in the Atlantic Ocean. And we were watching the landing going, oh, I hope this goes well, I hope this goes well. Yeah. And it was awesome. Yeah. All right, what are you watching? Okay, so I also watched Sean Chi. Mm-hmm. I don't know how if I'm saying that right. That was, that was better than my version. But it was really good. I very much enjoyed it. I also started watching The Chair. Nerd. On, do you even know what it is? Yeah, I'm actually interested in it, but I'm not sure okay. I, I'll like it. We'll keep going. So on Netflix with Sandra Oh. Yep. And she is a chair in an English department in... Some some prestigious school. It's like I don't I don't even remember. It's in like it's in the east. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Um. There is. I mean, there's obviously like some subject matter and some language. So sure. Don't go in thinking this is the whole super wholesome. But um, it's very interesting. You kind of see some inner workings and like politics within yep. schools and stuff, which is interesting. Um. They're only half an hour episodes, which is also kind of nice. Okay, maybe they're I just did. they're I just quick. Now, yeah. yeah, I think they're only half an hour episodes. Um, and like all the actors do very well, and they're like older people as well, which is kind of nice. So, Professors, yeah. So, yeah. Um, and some of them are just outrageous. So, is this are the students involved at all, or is it yes. just okay? So there are some classes yes. that are okay. Yeah, and so. You do, yeah. There are students, and there's things like that too. Okay. Um, but it's good. We do enjoy it. I also we watched the first episode of that nine eleven turning point. Yeah. Have you watched that? Yeah, I didn't write that one in because I've got too many things already, so I just stopped. But well, and I because we only watched the first one, and I really liked it because it gave a ton of background to like how we got to where we were. Right. Which I didn't know like any of, I mean, I knew some, I knew the Soviets being in Afghanistan and you know, different things like that, but I didn't, yeah, I didn't know. Yeah. That for example, how we we got to where we we were. We funded and helped the Taliban kick the Russians out. Yes. We did that. And then we basically like, because, I mean, yeah, there were, like, seven different groups sure. that were, I mean, trying to do it. And so we yep. basically, yeah, helped all of them and then basically were like, all right, and you figure out who's going to lead you. Yep. And there's seven groups. And right. so. Yeah. And we're like, peace. Yeah. And then we're, you know, 20 years later, why did this happen? This is yeah. weird. So maybe not necessarily bad of getting the Russians out, but. This is what happens a lot of times in these countries where we, not even just we, but yeah, some other developing country comes in to save them and protect them, which is not bad. And it, I mean, I don't know, whatever your motive, whatever, I don't care. Right. But then there's no follow through on actually helping them develop, you know? Yep. Because I mean, I'm, yeah, thinking of like Haiti and different things and there's just no... Yeah, there's no follow through after that. It's just, oh, we we did our job because that's what we wanted. Right. We don't really care what happens after that, and it's, and now we end up realizing we should care. Maybe right? Maybe a little bit. So, so yeah, I haven't watched more than the first episode, but the first episode was 
I was like, oh, I just learned a lot. It's really good. Mm-hmm. There's a couple of points that they make that are a little a bit of an overreach. Uh, I'm finding this with some documentaries, depending on who's shooting them, they might make a strong a case bias. against or for an old president, for example, say a Bush or a Clinton. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they're a little more favorable to one side versus the other instead of realizing that politics is trash all around. Yeah, so just being my knowing opinion. that going in, yeah. <laughs> right, but it's, no, you're right. It's a good, it's a really good series. It's worth watching. If you're at all in, intri- intrigued or interested, I was going to put sure. those two together and that was not going to work. Yeah, and you don't think you know, yeah. like what, yep. how that all happened, especially like for people, our young adults that are probably listening to this that might not even have been alive when 9-11 happened. That's and I knew, sad to think about. And I knew, I mean, I didn't know what a World Trade Center was. Right. I was like, does the world come and trade? I don't right. really know what right. this is. And then even after that, still didn't really understand why this was all happening, you know? Right. And so, yeah, 20 years later, I'm learning a ton. So. That's okay. Yeah. That's okay. Never too late. No, and they've, a lot of people have called Afghanistan the gem of the East because what ends up happening is it's just gotten traded back and forth between major mm. superpowers for the last, you know, three, 400,000 years. Yeah. So it's kind of like Haiti in that regard. It's, it has some resources. It's somewhat rich in some ways, but then it hasn't been well managed. And so it's just kind of a sad situation. Yeah. What are you learning about? So going along with my theme, what I'm learning a lot about birth. Speaking Imagine of which, that. after this baby comes, I wonder how many I'm watchings we're going to have to deal with or how many books you're going to be reading. Because I'm sitting at home. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Keep going, though. Um, but, yeah, just learning a lot. I've been watching a few videos, but reading things, and um, but not trying to do too much where I come in with all of these expectations mm-hmm. because I think that's not extremely healthy either because – everybody's birth story is different, right? And so mine's going to be different too. So you don't want to think that other people's story is going to be yours. So reading enough so that I know what I need to do um, because truly like you can create a better experience for yourself if you know a little bit more of like what's expected and what you need to do moving through Mm -hmm. the different phases of birth. So so yeah just learning a lot about birth and trying to not because I know I'm like man there's a lot of me that's like not looking forward to it but also knowing that I've heard lots of people also say that it's super beautiful and they actually they're like it wasn't that bad of an experience as people paint it out to be and so trying to also have that mentality too of it's going to be work, as my midwife always says. Like, come in expecting to do work. It's going to be work. I mean, it's called labor. But, like, <laughs> it doesn't have to be absolutely horrible either, right. you know? And so trying to keep more of that open mind and not just, like, I want this over, I want this over, I want this over. Right. And trying to be in the moment. So all of those things. That's good. Still have a few weeks. Fingers crossed. We'll see. We'll see. Who knows? But... Technically, I still have three weeks, but we'll see when the baby's like, I'm done. Ready to go. Yeah, which might mean that we have a couple of episodes that don't come out on time Mm -hmm. the way people might expect them. But you're not taking a sabbatical like I did. 
you might want to get out of the house for a little bit. It's true. So that, yeah, that's true. I'm kind of expecting that you're going to say, hey, are we, we going to podcast today? Can we record today? Yeah, let's go. Yeah, it might be, yeah, a week or two, but we could always have something already in the queue. But It's all good. And then, yeah, I think it would be a nice get out of the house <laughs> free card. <laughs> Bye, Aaron. But I know, because... <laughs> I mean, thankfully, yeah, he'll be working. I think he's just going to be doing like half days and things okay. from office and home and like still working at home, but you yeah. know, which will be nice. So cool. Yeah. What are you learning about? Uh, trying to finish a class on leadership before I get to my final classes of the whole doctorate situation. And so one of the things I'm learning and just, it's more of, it's not really on my heart, but it's, I am learning it and processing a concept. And that concept is, where do leaders come from? Mm. And so sometimes they're born, but very rarely are they born. I, yeah. You know what I'm saying? I think we sometimes also think they're born, but it's really just like the enthusiasm that they sure. have or the passion that they sure. have. But yeah, it's not common. And sometimes parents have enough money that they can force a kid to become a leader, you know, by sending them all the best schools and stuff like that. But even some of those kids end up being total dropouts and losers. So And not a good leader. Right. Yeah. Right. I, as you said that, there's a few leaders that popped in my head. I'm like, oh, yeah, that probably wasn't the best move. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I'm thinking about that. And then one of the ones, one of the reasons why I bring this up is what I'm learning is leaders don't always come from where you expect them to. Mm. And part of me is saying that because my class that I just took was on the Global Leadership Summit. So the, okay. the you know, Willow Creek Association does this this really cool summit every year where they bring in leaders. And there was a man who... Richard Montañez, who, uh, <laughs> he was a janitor at a, at a Cheetos factory. Oh, that guy. Legit. Yeah. And, uh, the, the factory that he was working at was about to go under. And so the CEO of, of Frito-Lay sent out a message to every employee said, just pretend like you're the CEO, give me great ideas. And this guy had the audacity to believe that the CEO was talking to him, <laughs> even though he's a janitor and he created Flamin' Hot Cheetos. Which are everywhere right like so they made he's like he was like a vp before he retired and so crazy awesome story and i'm sitting here so here's what it did for me here's what i'm learning am i always looking for people to potentially be the leader that 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 could change things down the road and i think sometimes i underestimate some people and that's a that's a bad on me kind of deal so i'm just processing that information not sure what i'm doing with it yet but it's there so yeah i when I took a leadership class for my master's, I, I love studying leadership mm-hmm. and understanding that better. And yeah. and truly, I think a lot of times what we view as a good leader is not actually a good... I mean, I'm thinking of like when the Jews picked Saul or, right. you know, like who right. they wanted is what that looked like rather than really what was in inside. Yeah. and. I think we do that a lot too, where we're like, the outside looks great. And even what you're putting out there, it looks great, but longevity of that might it's not totally. be there. You know, like totally. it's not actually what it seems. Right. Yeah. So I, I love, I love that idea um, of thinking of where they, they come from because yeah, one thing that I really learned was that they're, they're made not yes. necessarily born. T- and typically, yeah. And just even in all the spheres that I've been with 
bosses that I've had realizing that a lot of them are managers, not leaders. Yep. And the difference between that right. managers is just making sure everything's running. Leaders is actually bringing people yep. up and, and you seeing need their potential. Both. You need both to some extent to make an organization run well. Mm -hmm. But if you have someone in the wrong seat of the bus, things don't go as well as they could. So yeah. no, it's good. And if you, and I, I mean, I am a huge advocate. If you find yourself being a boss, a leader, whatever, you should still be reading leadership books. You should still be trying to mm -hmm. be better at that role rather than just I've arrived. So you all have to listen to me, you know? Yeah. So. Yeah. All right, what are you listening to? So I'm listening to, I mean, I'm still listening to a lot of the same things. I still listen to the podcast every week. Sure. Because it is doesn't really I don't need a brain to really listen to it. That sounds bad, but like <laughs> but it's just it's just fun and yeah. lighthearted mm -hmm. and they literally just talk about dumb stuff and I'm like sometimes you just need that in life, yeah. right? Agreed. But a uh, podcast that I've recently started listening to um is called the Smart List podcast. Have you heard of this? No. So, it is Will Arnett Boy. It is Jason Bateman, and it is Sean Hayes. Oh now, there is language, I will say that I, up with, front. With at least two of those, I yeah. would expect there to be a lot of There language. is language, but they, they're they just hilarious. Like, they crack me up. Mm -hmm. But they will interview somebody every week. And so one of them picks the person, <laughs> and then the other ones don't know. Like they, So they haven't prepared anything. Sure. And then they just tell them, you know, and they try to guess who it is. And then, you know, they reveal that because like I heard them do Aquafina and that was fantastic. And Ryan Reynolds and who oh, Zach Galifianakis. Like he's hilarious. Oh my word. Like So is Ryan Reynolds, by the way. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Um so and they I mean they do lots of different people, but it's just it's another one that once again, I don't need to take notes. Yeah. You know, or anything like that. But they're just funny, and I mean, for the most part, it's not too raunchy. Like, I, I wouldn't say even raunchy. They're not really raunchy. They're just, they can swear. Right. Raunchy and, and foul-mouthed are yeah. a little bit different. Yeah, yeah. That yeah, it would be more like foul-mouthed. But they're just, they're just funny. So I do enjoy. That's good. If I just need something on in the background, I'll pick I'll the smart list podcast. swipe through and find a person that I want to hear them interview. And you just learn a lot about that person, too. Like, sure. I learned a ton about Aquafina and how she started out. I learned a ton about Zach Galifianakis and how he started out. And, yeah, so it's... Zach cool. Galifianakis still has one of my favorite opens on Siren Live ever. Yeah? I'll have to go watch it. He comes out, his very first one, not his second one, his first one, but he comes out and just plays this really awkward guy and then he sits down at the piano and he starts doing one-liners from the piano. It's like, yeah, I used to I was playing with Miles Davis in Canada. Oh, sorry, Kilometers Davis. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! So it's all these things that you have to stop and consider what he just said. Yeah, you know? I mean, sometimes I think that is so Raven, and then sometimes I think that was not very Raven. You know, just utterly ridiculous and hilarious but and like he so and how he just does it is just deadpan he could literally just stand up there and i would be laughing and he I wouldn't do a thing i think that's his shtick and it's so yeah. yep golly yeah no his face the fact that he plays a dumb person so well it's he's it's, he's great yeah 
It's great. What are you listening to? Uh, I don't think I've talked about this here, but if I have, forgive me. But it's so good that you should listen to it. Uh, the Rise and Fall of Mars Hill. Have you listened to this? No, but I've heard about it. It is. Okay, I'll be honest. I was skeptical at first because Christianity Today can sometimes, I don't know how I want to say it. Poo-poo on things? I just don't always <laughs> love what they produce. That would be the nicer way. for. But okay. you're right. They, sometimes they pick things that, and they run down a road and you're going, why are you doing this? This is ridiculous. I was a little skeptical, uh, but I have been emotional listening to most of it. Mm. So it's about... Because Mars Hill was, was a church. Mars Hill was, was, was a church. one of the okay. fastest growing and largest churches in the country. That was in Washington, wasn't in it? In Seattle, Seattle one of the hardest places to plant a church. Uh, at the time that he planted the church, church planters had discussed nationally that Milwaukee was difficult to plant in, Seattle was difficult to plant in, Portland was difficult to plant in. And so he planted a church in Seattle. He was known for his rough and tumble style. But what I'm loving about the podcast, and this isn't a spoiler, but it's going to kind of help you maybe gear where you're going if you're going to listen to it. It's not as much about Mark, and it's not as much about Mars Hill as much as it is about us listening to it. Mm. And the very first episode, they start pushing this button. Just is it the problem mega superstar celebrity pastors or is the problem that we give them an ear? Like we gave them that status. Without any yeah. consequential understanding whatsoever. Mm. And it has been so challenging. Um, and, and as a church leader, it's been extremely helpful. Not that I... I kind of knew the story anyway, mm -hmm. but it's it's helpful hearing from people. And the reason why it's helpful for me as a church leader, and so this is why someone should listen to it, if you're a leader in any regard, even at a business or something, the way that you are communicating and the way that others hear you isn't always the same thing. Mm -hmm. And for you to be mindful of that and then open to correction when the time comes has been an extremely helpful takeaway for me in that regard. So I'll leave that where it's at, but it's it's been really good. And then what one of the things they did is they – they actually interviewed Joshua Harris about his deconstruction mm, of his faith that'd be interesting. as a side episode. Uh, and again, helpful to get some context as to what's really going on in that guy's life. And it's like an hour and 10 minutes long. So mm -hmm. you, you get him real just talking about what's yeah. going on. And they released that right after he had just done that class for deconstructing your faith that got totally blown up online. And then he pulled it down almost instantaneously. So to hear him kind of process out loud, and I don't think the story's done for him yet, but what he's talking about is sometimes the thing that we make the faith isn't really the faith, mm. and that's so helpful. So Almost what we've made of it is what he... That's would, usually what ends up happening. Is what he's deconstructing. Yes. And with that said, I think at the end he's going to find himself, you know, looking at Jesus and saying, that's the better option. I don't know why I didn't go there in the first place, but... It takes us a while to get there sometimes, unfortunately. So. Mm -hmm. All righty. What's on your heart? So, I mean, it's going to follow the path of birth. Shanchi? Oh. Of Shanchi. What's on my heart with Shanchi? <laughs> Just the, like, how my life is going to completely change. No, it's super easy. Stop that. You're right. 
how my life is going to completely change in like a month. Mm-hmm. That is, like, I don't know. I mean, there hasn't been anything else probably in my life. I mean, getting married, yeah, that changed a lot. Factoring somebody else in. But even within that, I feel like you're still, I mean, we're going to, I'm going to struggle with my selfishness my entire life, right? But sure. even within that, it still is, it's just so much different. Like, yes, I have love for him, a very deep love. But when your child is born, I imagine that that love is, is different. Like it's not that it's less or more, but it is right. a different type of love. And I'm just like, and I feel like it's going to be like all consuming. Where you're mm-hmm. just like, I can't. Like one of my friends who just had a baby, maybe a month ago, she just had a picture of him with her, um, her child with her, and she just was like, I just love him so much. And I'm like, yeah, like that's, it's going to be, but yeah, like my life is going to completely, mm-hmm. completely change. Like I was talking with the midwife yesterday, and she's like, yeah, I remember after I had my, I don't know, one of her kids, she was like, I remember my husband just being like, I'm just going to go play pool with the guys, blah, blah, blah. And she was like, I don't think I could do that. Like, I don't think for the rest of this time that I could just get up and leave. And she's like, and we had a, we had a conversation about that later. But, sure. <laughs> but yeah, like, I just feel, yeah, that it's going to be it completely, be. completely different. It's going to be a thing. And not that it's going to be bad. I know it's going to be hard at times. But also just knowing that it's okay for me to be excited for that and also mourn the end of sure. this too. And that is okay. Like it doesn't have to, me mourning the end of this life stage does not at all mean that I'm not okay with this next stage, you know? So for anybody out there also just yeah. going through, because I remember, I remember on my wedding night, Aaron, we're not going there, but somewhere else. Aaron had to go do something after we got married. Mm-hmm. And we're back at our place we're going to live. <clears throat> and I just remember crying. And not because I was, like, not looking forward to this life, but because I was literally mourning my singlehood, you know? Sure. And so some people don't need to do that. Some people, that's not a big deal. But I realized for me that I do. Like, I have to, I have to let myself feel and mourn the end so that then I can look forward to and be kind of untethered and not carry that with me where I'm just like, oh, right. I wish that it was like that and I wish whatever. So, And you've said on here before that you you are a fairly emotional person. Mm-hmm. It may not express itself in the way that some people would expect an emotional person to express themselves, but you do feel deeply. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, all those things are part of it. I, You know, Dr. Seuss... The Grinch stole Christmas mm-hmm. when his heart grew three sizes that day. Yeah. Parenthood, that's the best way I can describe it. You don't think you have any room for anything, and then all of a sudden your heart grows three sizes that day, and mm-hmm. you go, what the heck? Wow. It was actually more of an existential crisis for me having a second one. And I've told both my girls this because I thought, I can't love mm-hmm. someone as much as I love the first one. That's I've just heard not people possible. say that. And then you have the second one, and it's like, now my heart's six sizes, the size it was, you know, it's just, mm-hmm. you just find room and you go, this is insane. I don't know how this works. So yeah, it's going to be good. I'm excited for you. 
What's on your heart? Nothing. My heart is black as the (laughs) night is dark. Uh, No, I, you know, I've been processing this verse. And I'm just going to read the end of it. Uh, This is to God's people in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. The last part of it says, That you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous Mm -hmm. light. And we all know that passage. You've heard it a thousand times. But because we're working on Exodus uh, for January, I, I keep thinking about Exodus being this major theme of the Bible, being called out of something and welcomed into something else, right? This idea that you're not just, it's not just moving you from darkness to light, but you're actually welcomed into the light. And that's a totally different experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably similar to, you know, a baby moving, you know, the baby's being called out and welcomed in to mm-hmm. your family, you know? So what I wanted to say, and this is what's on my heart, is I don't care where you are in your life right now, listener, but it doesn't matter where you are. It doesn't matter what you want to be true. The, I think the Bible paints a really compelling picture of who God is and what he's all about and what he's doing. And we could argue about whether you don't agree with some parts of it or not, but mm-hmm. the meta narrative is set and there's really no way around it. You can't argue your way. It's not the same as other books. It's nothing like any other book. So since the story has been told, what are you going to do with that information? You're going to follow this God or are you going to decide I'm going to keep doing my own thing? I, my heart is having been in that spot and where I am now, I know having been called out and welcomed in is a way better experience than what I ever thought it would be. I had to mourn some of the things that I thought I loved a ton, Mm -hmm. but my mourning was stupid at the end of the day. Right. Cause I realized all I'm doing is tales in comparison. And and I'm not even comparing my story to yours because the things you're mourning are, are valid. I'm talking about, past sins or things that, you know, things that I'm really messing with that I shouldn't be. And as I've walked closer to Jesus and those things fade away, I thought I was going to miss them more than I did. And I realized that the further I get into the light, the better off life is. So are you going to follow him? Are you not? That's what's on my heart. And I don't know if I've been super evangelistic on this podcast, but that's just part of who I am and I can't stop. So when I have a conversation with people, it's like, where are you at with Jesus? What's going on? Are you walking with him or not? And, uh, yeah. It's always on my heart, but this time I decided to share at least one of the verses and why it's doing that for me. You know, as I study Exodus and look at the Israelites yeah. being called out and welcomed in, I go, it's a consistent theme throughout all the scripture. You know, Abraham is called out of a land into another land. Mm-hmm. The, you know, the Israelites are called out of Egypt into another land. Uh, Jesus is is called out of of the presence of the Father to yeah. to come here. Come here, yeah. Ugh. And then he's welcomed back, and him doing that calls us out of darkness and into his marvelous light. And I go, I can't make it much more clear than that. So think about it. I know that, uh, um, (laughs) that, well, that scripture is the, is, um, where David Crowder gets his marvelous light song. And every single time we sing that, you just get emotional because it is, it's like, into marvelous right i'm running like yeah and it should be running like yep we're going agreed instead of staying where you are anyways farther up of, and further in just thought of that song when you talked about that scripture i was just trying to give you the outro final words 
hey, that's fine. And then I, as you start talking, I, I realized, oh, she's gonna, she's gonna really expand. She might the go. A, this she might, a she good, might go a little bit. This is a big thought right here. We need to get this on here. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, all that to say, this might be the last fun- monthly five of you not being a parent. Oh my gosh, that's so crazy. Which wow. is really cool. Again, huh, it's a lot. <laughs> uh, so good on you, Erica. All right. Go have this baby. We'll, we'll or, do our best. Or next month you're going to say, We're still here. <laughs> All right, see you, everybody. Bye. Hey, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Yamcast. We hope you enjoyed it. Remember to check us out on all the socials like Instagram at The Yamcast. We love to hear back from you guys, so please leave us a comment or a review, and we might even send you guys a sticker. Also, if you have any questions that you'd like us to answer here on the podcast, you can email us at yamcastpod at gmail.com. That is yamcastpod at gmail.com.